Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say, what's he talking about? Just tell them. The faith, walk, walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're hungry? Look here and say, I'm hungry. For the Word. For the Word. For the Word of God. You know, and uh, this Word is a personal Word to you. The world will change us and the world will transform us. And that's what God's will is to us. Amen. And you know, I was going to go into a different area in the area of wisdom. And I felt, for you know now, for weeks I just keep, I've been in the area of the teacher and the student. About the importance of what I've been speaking on in, in these services has just been rolling over and over and trying to get into areas of wisdom. But what it's really come down to is learning instruction and guidance and everything that wisdom is, but it's having a teachable spirit. And so I was going to go in another area. I was even thinking about changing the whole series, and I felt the Holy Spirit led me in this area about what I've been saying and what I want my people to get a hold of is the importance of having a teachable spirit. And he's led me that that comes from the area of meekness. And he said Solomon had wisdom, but he lost meekness. And meekness... As we learned all last year, we studied the Sermon on the Mountain and we were in the area. The meek shall what? Matthew 5, 5. Inherit the what? Inherit the earth. Inherit. Not the, not the all-wise, not the all-knowing, the meek. Because the meek will stay teachable. The meek can be guided. The meek can be led. The meek will be led. The meek will be teachable. And I want you to look with me in James chapter 1, verse 21. I just want to give you some things tonight that I feel Lord's speaking and it's, believe it, it's, it's even going to be for the day we're living in right now. But in James chapter 1, how many want to be led by the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. How many of you know, talking about having a teachable spirit, how many of you know you can have wisdom but still be dog determined you're going to do things your way? I'm still going to do things my way. I'm going to do things whether I've prayed about it or or go against what I feel. And so that's where meekness comes in. We sang the song, surrender, surrender. The meek will inherit the earth. And so we've got to listen and receive and walk according to the desires of what the Lord wants. And it says there in James chapter 1, verse 21, it says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness. And overflow of wickedness. An overflow of wickedness. Got to start casting it down. And receive with meekness. There's a lot of words the Holy Spirit could use and the Holy Spirit breathed. This is life right here. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able, has power to save your soul. It's not just hearing the Word, but allowing the breathed Word to be breathed in us. Receive with meekness the engrafted Word. And, and that word meekness speaks of this if you're taking notes. Meekness is the attitude of my spirit. It's the attitude of my spirit. I don't have to walk according, and, and it takes discipline. And it says, you know, get rid of all filthiness and all overflow of wickedness. And wickedness is anything twisted and turned forbidden. Anything that doesn't represent the kingdom of God. Anything natural and cardinal. 
to get rid of the overflow of it, that which has just been just been overflowing in areas of our life, and whether it be anger or envy or jealousy or any of the works of the flesh. Attitude of the Spirit, and it means, write this down, to accept the dealings of God. The engrafted Word of God is to accept the dealings with God. Have you ever had God deal with you with something? And maybe you're having God deal with you something right now. Uh, in this life, He will always be dealing with us. And, and a meek person will accept the dealings of God. Lord, it doesn't matter how I feel or what I want, but I'm going to humbly submit and honor and reverence what you are telling me, Holy Spirit. It means to accept the dealings of God. It means to accept the dealings of God without dispute or rejecting. Without dispute or rejecting. And we see meekness in action of our Lord Jesus in the garden when He said, Father, if it can, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, Thine will be done. In other words, I receive this without disputing with you about it, without rejecting it, without arguing about it, Lord. If this is what you have for me, I'll accept it gladly and I won't argue over it. Have you ever had an argument with God? Have you ever had God, Lord, you got to come to my terms? Some of y'all may have not heard me tell this story, but when I was 14, God called me to the mission field and I was I was a pastor's son, and all the missionaries would always take my bed. I let them; they'd have my bed, but I would always tell them, and my dad would tell them, "I claim a double portion of your anointing because if you're sleeping in my bed." And a lot of them, especially missionaries, I wouldn't let my mom change the sheets. And so I'd get in. And sometimes I could feel grud from India, but anyway, that what made me a good that what made me a good missionary. Anyway, uh, I, I would pray for that, and and uh, and we had a lot of missionaries come through. And I'm talking about in the 70s, and missionaries, ladies looked a little different back then. And uh, when God called me to the mission field, I went to God and I said, okay, God, when I finally surrender, I said, okay, Lord, I'll make a deal with you. I will be a missionary. I surrender right now. But I've got one requirement, that my wife, she's going to have to have all of her teeth, and she's going to have to be pretty. Because you see, a lot of missionaries that came to our, through our house when I was a kid, the ladies didn't have teeth. And uh, there's a lot of things there. And so I made a deal with God. I said, okay, God, I'll be a missionary, but she's going to have to have teeth and she's going to have to be pretty. Babe, stand up and show your teeth. <laughs> she got all her teeth. But anyway, you know, so many times, you know, we say, okay, Lord, sure. It's, you, know, you, know, you know, instead of just saying, yes, Lord, I surrendered. Wait, wait a minute. We've got this bargain here, here, you know. You know, let's make a bargain. But anyway... Uh, a lot of times we want things on our condition, but this word meekness means without disputing or resisting. And it means not getting angry at all. Not getting angry at all. And, and, and I've had times where God has spoke to a man. Oh, I didn't like that. I've heard uh, maybe a certain word or a message. Oh, I didn't like that. But with meekness, I've got to be totally broken, as we were singing tonight, to receive the engrafted word. The word that is going to be there when I need it. The word who's going to make me to be what I need when I need to be. The word that is going to bring me over to what I need to be. The word that's going to bring me into the image to where when I'll see a reflection in the mirror, it will not be my reflection, but it will be a reflection of the one who's implanting the word inside of me. And you. Amen. So that's what God is wanting to do here. To receive the engrafted word with meekness. That means the condition of my mind and my heart is open before God. And I wanted to read a little something here from the Spirit-Filled Life Bible from Dr. Jack Hayford. And this is what he says about this scripture here. 
Purity of life is not a quest for perfection as much as it is a quest for, for liberation from those things which may inhabit the effectiveness and power-filled living. A reducing of those things that hold me back. This text shows the Word of God as a means of reflection, a mirror into which we are to look and see ourselves. The call is not only to heed what we see and accept the Bible of corrective instruction, but there is an unwritten lesson here. We should avoid the temptation to see and judge others in the Word, analyzing what others do instead of what we need to do. The Word of God likens to a mirror which describes the image seen and to see no less than Jesus Christ himself. So we see that the word not only purifies us, but it also ignites us. And that what he's saying here is that many times we can use the word to judge others, but the word teaches us the word is to judge ourselves. And when I'm receiving the word with meekness, when I'm listening to the word, instead of thinking, oh, I wish so-and-so was here in this message, I wish so-and-so was here, meekness says, I need this. And I'm going to listen for something that I need. Holy Spirit, what is it that I need? What is it that would bring my life more in completion and more fulfillment with God? Holy Spirit wants to stir up our souls and our minds and help us to be sensitive to the influence of the Holy to the Holy Spirit and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And how I many of that comes with a daily routine of prayer, of reading the Word, of seeking God, to grow sensitive to God in these different areas to affect our personality. The meek will inherit the earth. To be teachable, the word means also to be teachable, to be yielded, and to be submitted. We're going to see these three words tonight and the three areas that these three, three words speak about. Yielded, teachable, and submitted. The word meekness is the Greek word pros. And it means a soft, gentle, and tamed spirit which is open. Not only a soft and gentle and tamed spirit, but a gentle and soft and tamed spirit that is opened. I tell you, there's nothing better than preaching to, to, to people or sharing the word with people at work or at church or wherever it may be when they have an open spirit. Have you ever spoken to someone who was closed, closed-minded, closed-hearted, and didn't have a... How many... Religion does not have a tamed spirit. The spirit of religion doesn't have a gentle spirit. They'll want to argue where the meek and gentle spirit, you know, I've said what I've said, now I'll back away, now the Holy Spirit will have to do the rest because I'm not here to have an arguing match to see who will win or who could outdo the other. I said what I was supposed to say, now I'll back away, the Holy Spirit will have to help it, work on it because if you don't have an open spirit or open heart or a gentle spirit, you're not going to receive what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say anyway. So, you know, you don't want to throw your pearls before the swine. So anyway, it talks about a soft, gentle, tame spirit which is open. Uh, open and submissive to God. I know some of you were here a few years ago when we had uh, a special ministry come and uh, we made a rodeo arena. He brought his rodeo arena down here. And uh, how many was here that saw that cowboy tame that horse? He tamed that horse in just a few minutes. And he didn't get on that horse with spurs and kick the spirit out of it. He didn't beat it with a whip. He just worked with the... He put reins on it. And he worked with that horse that had never been touched before. He just worked with that coat, worked with that coat. And how many of you remember, he started with the legs. He pulled one leg up, 
Then he'd pull another leg up and then he'd pull the back leg up. He pulled all four legs and then just gently working that horse, gently working that horse. And in less than two hours, his daughter was riding the horse and the horse never bucked one time with his daughter on it. You see, God doesn't want to break us. God wants us to learn to yield. And many times when I'm stubborn and when I don't want to do what God says and I want to fight against it, I want to argue with God, I want to resist the leading of God. And then we, we end up breaking ourselves because God doesn't want to break us. God wants us to yield so that he can just mold us and make us. And, and just like that animal, he didn't have to be broken. He was yielded. But when we want to be stubborn, how many you know sometimes harder consequences come? So how many want to be meek? Say, I'm meek and proud of it. No, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> so anyway, we want to submit to God's discipline and God's uh, what he wants us to say. Meekness includes submission. And you need to write this down. Submission to those in authority. Submission to fellow man. Submission to spiritual authority. All of these things has to do with meekness. And a lot of times, our battles with meekness has to do in the area of the political realm. Submission in the home and spiritual submission. And we're going to study about some of these things tonight to see what what this word submission and meekness means. It's to submit to God's higher law, to serve. Listen to this. The higher law is to serve one another instead of claiming my own rights. Meekness means I'm to serve you instead of claim my own rights. And I want you to look with me in Romans chapter 6. Please. Romans chapter 6. I'm going to read this in the message translation. Romans chapter 6. Starting with verse 4, this is the message. It says, that's what water baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered, lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we are going in our new grace sovereign country. I like that, grace sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life is nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to the sin-miserable life, no longer, I love this, no longer at sin's every beck and call. We're not under the standard of answering sin every time it calls for us. Whatever sin, whatever character, whatever flaw, whatever error calls out to us, we're no longer submitted to every time our flesh calls out for something or sin beckons us. Hallelujah. How many know we can say no? And it goes on to say, what we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we can also get included in His life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. 
Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing at all to you. I like that. Did you get that? Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing at all to you. God speaks your mother tongue. And you better hang on to every word. You are dead to sin, but alive to God. That's what Jesus did. Glory to God. Amen. Shout out, that's me. I'm dead to the voice of sin. I'm dead. To the inclination of sin. I'm dead to all that's held me in the past. And I'm alive to all that I have with God in the future. Amen. I must consider myself dead to all the old rebellious nature, but alive to God. I don't submit to sin, devil, or the old nature anymore. I'm submitted to God. Amen. So we see we learn to yield in those areas. Now, David showed us the spirit of submission to God in Psalms 139. Look with me in Psalms 139. Psalms 139. The meek shall inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit victory over sin, over addictions, over the overflow of wickedness. Psalms 139, verse 23. Now, let me give you uh, uh, what's happening in Psalms 139. David's having trouble with his enemies. And he starts speaking vengeance and he starts talking about he wants this to happen to him and that to happen to him. And he's got all this built up inside of what he's feeling about his enemy. But all of a sudden, as he's talking vengeance, David comes to the point, and we all have to come to this point, David comes to the point where he recognizes, wait a minute, who am I? to be speaking vengeance when I am just as guilty of judging them because I have done what they have done. I'm angry at them for killing, but yet I have killed. I'm angry at them for speaking, but I have spoken against. And so he starts getting soft and he starts looking at self-judgment instead of judging others. Self-judgment. When I'm praying, when I'm quiet before God, seeking my heart, seeking what's the intentions in my heart. And David said this in Psalms 139, verse 23. Search me. Look what he, all of a sudden he stops talking about the enemies. And look what he says. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties or my thoughts. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And then lead me, lead me. Say that with me, lead me. Lead me in the way everlasting life. Lead me in the right way. You see, David has a meek. The meekness kept him balanced. Meekness kept pulling him back when he was maybe getting in an area that he shouldn't. And that's what a teachable spirit helps us do. It is so easy to get out of line, so easy to get somewhere where I shouldn't be. But when we've developed and we've allowed the Holy Spirit to develop and we have a sensitive heart, it's amazing so many times when we may be a little off in some area with a spirit of meekness, though the Holy Spirit can say, wait a minute, I'm calling you back to me. I want you to uh, to check your attitude. You're so, you're so much into the attitude of the others, but how about your attitude? Oh, yes, Lord, it's my attitude. Forgive me. Do you ever have something that arise and you wonder, where did that surface? What did that surface from? Where did that come from? 
I thought that was dead and dealt with. Look with me in Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to read this in the message. Just let you know, out front, Brother Sister Terry and Brother Lee, they have these Bibles that have all four translations. And so, uh, y'all want to get y'all a good present, get these four translations, and you can read along. Just a commercial break. <laughs> I don't get nothing out of it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Let's read this. Those people are on a dark spiral downward. This is Romans chapter 2, verse 1. Did I say something wrong? I'm testing you out here. Romans chapter 2, verse 1. That's the correct place. The other me was telling you another place, but now I'm back here. So, Romans chapter 2, verse 1. This is the message translation. Those people on a, on a dark spiral downward. But if you think that leaves you on a high ground where you can point your finger at others, think again. How many, how many that, that sounds like the language today when you hear the news. Man, those people are in a spiral downward. And then the Holy Spirit says, whoa, wait a minute, Mr. Meek Man. Wait a minute before you point your finger. Every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. It takes one to know one. Judgmental criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detection of your own crimes and misdemeanors. But God isn't so easily diverted. He sees right through all such smoke screens and holds you to what you've done. You didn't think, did you, that just by pointing your finger at others, you would distract God from seeing all your misdoings and from coming down on you hard. Or do you think that because he's such a nice God, he'd let you get off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. You're not getting by with anything. Every refusal and avoidance of God adds fuel to the fire. The day is coming when it's going to blaze hot and high. God's fiery and righteous judgment. Make no mistake, in the end you get what's coming to you. Real life are for those who work on God's side. But to those who insist on getting their own way and take the path of least resistance, fire! That's how it has it here. Exclamation mark. I'm just reading it, okay? If you go against the grain, you get splinters, regardless of which neighborhood you're from. What your parents taught you, what schools you attended, but if you embrace the way God does things, you are wonderfully payoffs. Again, without regard to where you are from or how you were brought up, being a Jew won't give you an automatic stamp of approval. God pays no attention to what others say or what you think about you. He makes up His own mind. If you sin without knowing what you're doing, God takes that into account. But if you sin knowing full well what you're doing, that's a different story entirely. Merely hearing God's law is the waste of your time if you do not do what He commands. Doing, not hearing, is what makes a difference with God. When outsiders who have never heard of God's law follow it more or less by instinct, they confirm His truth by their obedience. 
They show that God's law is not something alien imposed on us from without, but woven into the very fabric of our creation. There's something deep within those that echoes God, yes and no, right and wrong. Their response to God's yes and no will become public acknowledgement of the day. God makes his final decision about every man and woman. The message from God that I proclaim through Jesus Christ takes into account all these differences. If you're brought up Jewish, okay, now that's what I'm supposed to stop there. Because most of you weren't brought up Jewish, so we just leave that for another time. But considering myself, what's on the surface? Have you ever had spiritual mourning? You ever felt wounded over something you said or something you've done? You ever felt like maybe you had all the right in the world to judge or to speak or to say or to criticize or to join in a criticism being made? And yet God says, that doesn't flow with me. And you ever feel quenched? Say, oh my God, what have I done? It wasn't bad. I wasn't at a bar. I wasn't doing this. It wasn't bad. He said, just speaking about my daughter, just talking about my son, just giving your point of view instead of just being totally open for mine. That's enough to quench the Holy Spirit. And the more I quench the Holy Spirit, and the more I go against the grain, and the more I go against what God wants me to do, the more the Bible says my heart becomes calloused and hardened. And it gets harder and harder and harder to where I'm no longer sensitive and knowing. I no longer even care what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell me. Because I'm just going along with the grain. I'm just going along with what the flow. And I'm not following the heart of God or walking in the meekness of the Holy Spirit. Look with me, First Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. Verse 5. First Peter 5 verse 5. I want to give you a few quick things about this. It's getting late so fast. It says in 1 Peter 5, 5, you there? In the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, all of you serve each other in humility. This word is also meekness. For God opposes the proud. No matter what education you had, we read in Romans, no matter what neighborhood you come from, no matter what seminar you graduated from, no matter how long you've been, no matter who we think we are, it says God opposes the proud but puts favors upon the humble. So humble yourself under the mighty hand and power of God and at the right time He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God for He cares for you. Stay alert and watch out for your great enemy. And it's amazing. He talks about the devil after pride. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember, your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same type of suffering you are. In His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, He will restore support and strengthen you and He will place you in a firm foundation. All power to Him. All power to Him forever. Amen. Amen? Meekness. Listen, meekness is what allows God to empower our abilities and our talents. 
when we get pride, prideful about how well we can do this and how well we can do that and how sufficient we are in this, how sufficient we are in that, how much we can give, how much we can do, how much we can be, uh, how wonderful we sound, how wonderful we can play, how wonderful we can do these things. We do anything with even a hint of pride in it. It's rejected by God. And it doesn't have the impact that God is willing to have. And I'm going to show you. Now we're getting to this area where I feel where our nation is right now. But we have been so wanting to sound and look so well. America has been a ringling, a, a ringling, Barnaby and, and uh, a circus. Ringling barbecue service. Circus. We have all the answers. And now there's a fight against. Listen, there is a fight right now. Over freedom of speech. I wonder if it's because we have not been responsible, the church, in using our speech well. I wonder by not walking in meekness and not being submitted to the authorities God put in the natural realm, in the spirit realm, and in the home. I wonder by not honoring and, and responding to the voices that God has put in authority. I wonder if that's why the church is at a brink of losing his voice. Because we thought we were beyond losing our freedom of religion and losing our freedom of speech. And guess what? We're already losing it. And all oh, we're, we're upset and oh, this is terrible. But I wonder if it's because we weren't responsible in the freedom that we had. And what we don't love and cherish and honor and walk in and submit to, we do lose. What do we tell our children when they misbehave? You lose your privileges. Well, we lose our freedom of speech. Maybe it's because instead of speaking the word, we speak in criticism and personal opinions. And maybe we have attacked authority. Maybe we've spoken against authority. And maybe we haven't respected and loved each other and given opinions uh, 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 the benefit of doubt and maybe we haven't walked and we haven't walked in meekness because in America everybody has an opinion well guess what's arising now you can have an opinion and you're going to be attacked for it could it be that what we just read here first Peter that God is humbling America to say the only way you can be a power on this earth is not by your military might and it's not by your dollar and it's not by all your scientists and it's not by all your education and it's not by all you are. Maybe America needs to get back on its knees and humble itself before God and we repent for areas we have not been right in and cry before God for speaking and saying and criticizing and speaking the death language instead of speaking the love language. Maybe we can rise to be a superpower to impact the world because it's harvest that's bringing Jesus back. The attitude of meekness that allows God to empower our abilities, our talents, and our resources to be used for His glory. Now I want you to see this in Titus chapter 3, exactly what I've been talking about here. Titus chapter 3. You know, through this time, I'm doing a lot of searching personally and for the church. In Titus chapter 3, verse 1, 
I'll just read this in the living. Remind Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient. Always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Woo! 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 Hallelujah, church! Wow! Meekness. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. Boy, it's so easy to forget that. How can they be so stupid up there at the White House? Well, I was stupid too. And now it's so easy to say, look what they were doing. And forget, look what I have done. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of envy and strife and we hated each other. But when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of His grace, He declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all will trust in God and will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees or in quarrels and fights about obedience to Jewish laws. These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing divisions among you, give first and a second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. Did you hear the word of God, church? Let me give this little group a warning tonight. Every time we, word of grace, this body, has come to a point of growth and blessing and revival and growth, bickering and complaining and opinions and getting together on opinions has arisen. Take heed to the Word of God where it says right here that we have nothing more to do with them. And someone tell me, a leadership told me that even this month, someone who left over a year ago, met him in the grocery store and had to talk about a decision I had to make. And they said I was wrong, but I feel sorry for him. I just obeyed God. And to say I was wrong is to say God is wrong. A meek person will not say anything. A humble person will not take the sides of people who speak against what God Himself has decided. It's amazing. At time and time again, a wave of blessingness has come. God has honored us with presence of precious people. And then a few get their feathers ruffled and want to get a little group together and want to speak opinions. The Word of God says, have nothing to do with them. What's important, Word of Grace, is people. And don't you forget that. What is important, Word of Grace, 
It's the precious lives that is coming into this body. We are called to love and to protect them. We are called to love them as we love Jesus. Not to speak an opinion. Because meekness says in Hebrews chapter 13 that God has placed spiritual authority over you. And the spiritual authority will give an answer for He watches over your soul. In other words, I am put here by God. There's no room for voting. There's no room for opinions. You don't even have a right to say I'm wrong at what I preach or don't preach. I don't need you to be my Holy Spirit to tell me you need to preach this. You need to be humble and meek and allow the Holy Spirit to rule His church. I will build this church. Not Russell Cobb and not you. I will build this church. And then the gates of hell would not prevail. Now, we're free with opinions. And guess what? We're losing the freedom of speech now. We're free to speak our minds, but we're losing the freedom of speech even as we're sitting here right now. And I wonder it's because if the church has not been meek in the area of submission to authority. And do you know what it says? In, do you know what Brother Jack Hayford says about this word, submit to your pastor? It means not to hold on or get direction from other pastors that you had because they no longer watch over your soul now. You submit to your pastor who watches over your soul right now. If your ex-pastor is still your pastor, then you need to be with that pastor. But if I am your pastor, according to the Word of God, I, Cobb, is watching over your soul, and I'll give an account for watching over your soul. But if you're not submitted to me as your pastor, and you are still submitted and under the covering of another pastor, then he is responsible for you, but the only way for you to be covered is to be under his covering. That's how it explains it in the Word. Amen. Y'all love me. Y'all not mad at me. Y'all love me. This is what the Word of God says. This is the truth. It's the truth. If we're going to be the church, let's be the church. But there's a way to be the church. And it's not the American way. And it's not the English way. And it's not Russell Cobb's way. And it's not your way. It's the head of the church, Jesus Christ. And when we fight against the head, you find yourself fighting against Jesus Christ. Amen, church. I wasn't supposed to go there. It says, in the same way, verse 6 says, in the same way, encourage the young men to live a wisely, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Slaves must be obedient to their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back nor steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy, good, that they may be teaching about God, or say, attractive, good way. And I am in the wrong chapter, ain't I? 
But that was real good. That was chapter 2, but it sure it went along real well. Okay. God wants us to live a quiet, say quiet, submissive life. Amen? Proverbs 16.32, just write this down. It says we must learn to rule over our own spirits. That word rule means to govern, to dominate, to manage. We must learn to dominate and manage and rule our own spirit. And guess what example that Hebrew word gives? As the sun rules the day and the moon rules the night, the same way we're to rule our spirit in meekness, in purity, and humility. And it gives the word from Joseph's brother says, there is no way we can submit to you. And they ended up having to submit to him. You can either be broken or you can be yielded. Amen? Oh, and so we see God's wanting to tame us and, and, and teach us his things. Meekness through knowing Jesus. Uh, let me just share this with you. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let me try to get through here. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. This is what it says. 2 Timothy 2.15 Work hard. So you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that can only lead to more godless behavior. Mm. Look at chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. You see, we can only accept what's wrong in our life if we got a meek spirit. You know what? I am guilty of that even right now, Lord. I repent. I'm not getting angry, Pastor. said that. I repent. I'm guilty of that. But since I'm guilty, I can repent. I can be forgiven. I don't have to live that way anymore. I'm guilty of that. That we can realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Amen. So quickly, Romans chapter 13. Uh, I'll finish with these three areas. Can I? Y'all okay with this? Romans chapter 13. Let me, I, gotta, I got to give you this because it goes in line with what we're saying. Uh, you didn't have church Sunday night, so I'll catch up tonight. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Listen to what it says. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And they will be punished. Wow. I thought we were supposed to rise up against him because he's a bad man. But wait a minute, the word's saying right here, he's been put there by God. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right. They will honor you. And, and, and so forth and so on. Verse 7. Verse 6 says, I love this, listen now. Pay your taxes too. Ain't very many people laughing here. I know you don't like to pay taxes, but it's written in the Word. Pay your taxes too. 
For the same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. They're serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes, it says it again, and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Wow! How many of you know to walk in this requires meekness? Amen? Now, you know what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. We won't go there before time, but it talks about submission in the home. Submit to your husbands. Husbands, submit to Christ. But then Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13 verse 17. I know I already quoted this, but I, I wanted you to see it was in the Bible and I didn't make it up. Hebrews 3 verse 17. Yeah, 13. Hebrews 13, verse 17. (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. And they are accountable to God. Mm. People say, I wish I was a preacher. Hey, I got a lot more accountability than you do. Oh, pooyah. I'll stand before God first, not because I was the best, because I give, I have to answer for more, for you. Give them reason to do this with joy. I like that, amen. I'll read it again. Give them reason to do this with joy. Okay, a little bit better. And not with sorrow. And not with sorrow. That would certainly not be good for your benefit. Wow. That would certainly not be good for your benefit. This goes for the spiritual covering. This goes for the covering in the home. This goes for the covering and the authority in the government. And when it comes down to it, we won't go there, but according to Acts chapter 5, 27 through 29, they were threatened. Do not teach in the name of Jesus and do not teach this teaching anymore or we, it's going to be hard on you. They said, we're going to listen to God rather than man. And they said, yeah, but you're blaming us. I love that. You go read that. It's so wonderful. They said, you're blaming, you're going around preaching, blaming us for the crucifixion of Christ. And Peter says, and the one you crucified. Don't, they said, don't say this anymore. Don't blame us anymore. And then he just turned around and said, you crucified him. And we would rather obey God than man. So when and we respect authority, we, we obey God with our life. But under circumstances, we must respect, we must pray, and we must speak well of all those in authority and leadership. And I repented, and I repent before you, for negative attitudes, negative things. I ask you to search your heart in these different areas. That God help us turn our eyes upon Jesus. Walk in meekness and humility and love. And the things we don't understand, how many of you know God's sovereign? He's in control. So whatever is happening, He must be allowing it to happen. Because I tell you what, He could stop it 
Like that. He can stop it. Like that. But he said these things must come to pass before the end comes. So he's orchestrating things. And things are happening. And all I know is you and I, we're going to be ready. And we're preparing ourselves. And if it takes some different things to make us work on our heart and work on our character and work on our mouth and tame our tongue and work on our personality and work in our emotions, if it's going to take some things to do it, then thy will be done. But Lord, examine me. If there be any wicked way in me, there be any wicked way in me. I'm tired of judging others. Lord, if there be any wicked way in me, forgive me and lead me to the way everlasting. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Thank you for your patience.